I think games offer a unique opportunity as a medium to create experiences that really invite the player to bring their own experience and therefore their own interpretation to the game. It's about expanding the spectrum of what video game can provide as, as a medium. We thought if we would be able to help to grow this medium, we need to present to the world that games can be about these feelings. They can provide these emotions. I had read The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, and I enjoyed it. It certainly made an interesting impression on me. The goal was, at the beginning, it's like, let's take these notions of, these philosophical notions, and put them in a world where things can go off track, potentially. An odd world was always supposed to be this sort of dark side of globalization reflecting the real world. I think gaming is unlike any other medium in the sense that you can engage an individual's undivided attention for hours at a time and embody the main character, making choices, taking action. I mean, this is, this is what makes gaming such a powerful medium. It's a tool through which you can see the world through another person's eyes. Such a beautiful kingdom, but then beauty never lasts. I see something in you. We all do. A good king listens to his subjects, Evan. There is one who brought the world together. And who was that? Ferdinand. Mighty Ferdinand. Bella! You will return her to me. <laughs> so long. My plan is complete. Your king's bond is mine. Greetings ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Interactive Artistry, dedicated to showcasing and celebrating the work of creators who are on the forefront of adding emotional, psychological, intellectual and philosophical depth, dimensions and maturity to the interactive medium, also known as games. I am your regular host Albert, and today I am joined by my two co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves, starting with Steve. Oh hi there, I'm Steve and uh, happy to be here. Legend. <laughs> the legend of Steve continues. And then we have our awesome Daniele. Hello, um, glad to be back on the internet. I had some troubles being online lately. That's okay. why I missed so many shows. <laughs> the internet, the internet. But glad to be back. That's great, man. And the internet welcomes you back with uh, all the crazy <laughs> insanity that is the internet, uh, for sure. Yeah. That's great. Um, but yeah, so for our new listeners, um, through Interactive Artistry and all its other title-specific shows, including Death Stranding Podcast, God of War Podcast, and Fumito Ueda Podcast, our mission is to create a dedicated space for extending this unique medium the respect, dignity, and legitimacy as a creative and storytelling powerhouse that it rightly deserves. 
Far from just being an outlet for distraction, recreation, or competition, games are a true art form unlike any other, the only one in fact that, like life itself, is an interactive experience. This unique aspect gives them the potential for unprecedented levels of intimacy, resonating with the very core of what it means to be human. In short, we believe games are the most worthwhile and effective form of art and entertainment ever, and every week on this show, we chronicle their growth in the form of news, breakdowns, analyses, and more. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. Amazing. Fantastic. Guys, so how is each of your weeks in essentially <laughs> growth of the medium? Um, any games, stories that sort of jump out at you? And then you can even riff on our topic of today, which is Nino Kuni, Revenant Kingdom. Um, I'll throw it to go, Daniele. How was your week? Okay, so um, my week has been internetless. So uh, <laughs> I just, I'm just catching up on the news uh, from this week and. Uh, um, first thing that comes to my mind is um, Monster Hunter World came out today. That's right, absolutely. Um, so, and uh, I got a friend of mine who's uh, really passionate about the series, and he's telling me it's so great, it's so fantastic. Yeah. I looked up a couple of reviews which came out yesterday night, and they were all overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's great because. Uh, it's a ra- it's 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 a kind of game that uh, usually uh, belong to a niche market, sure. but now is expanding. I mean, everyone is talking about Monster Hunter World these days, yeah. and that's yeah. so great yeah, when it's such a niche series. That's right. So popular. Absolutely. And they're doing it in such a um, a sort of an endearing way, which is also, again, you know, it had been essentially mostly established in Japan, you know, uh, and, and, and on handheld. So they had two kind of barriers that they needed to break through from the geographic barrier of, you know, uh, internationally, you know, making its presence more known in different markets apart from Japan and then that leap from you know handhelds or just like like the the earlier consoles to something like you know the PS4 and the Xbox one and they've done it so deftly and effortlessly and the earnestness of that production team is something that I connect with so much and in fact listeners we um, actually had a uh, um, episode of Monster Hunter World scheduled for today but we have our, our phenomenal patron Dragon's Banner um, Phil, who he's a big, he's a big, just like you, um, Daniele, he's a big Monster Hunter guy, and I, I need to get his lens, actually, definitely, he needs to be on that show for sure. Yeah, sure. Mm. And then also with the, um, if listeners, you may have been seeing, you know, the um, Interactive Artistry uh, Instagram, um, we posted initially about um, doing this episode about uh, Left Alive, um, however, um, we also, in a similar situation, we have our Left Alive main guy kind of thing is is Louise. Uh, we want him to be on that show, so we are just going to hold off on talking about that one until we can reach him. Um, and what's been so good is uh, getting uh, both Daniela and Steve on this episode to, uh, to yeah to riff about this. By the way, it's it's gonna like in, a, in almost in the same way because I, I know that Nino Kuni did break through, but again, the sheer artistry of creating essentially a moving cartoon, the same way that Dragon Ball uh, Fighters with the Z at the end. Like it, there's something phenomenally like wish fulfillment happening with with this ability to create cartoons digitally in this way, which is now increasingly becoming so seamless. So I'm so looking forward to discussing that with you guys on this one. But um, any other riffs uh, for you, yeah. Daniela, before we throw it to Steve? No, I'm still doing 
playing catch up with the news. So um, I'll tell you more about uh, in a new in the next podcast. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> too easy, man. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, and yes, yeah, Steve, um, go right ahead with your week. Uh, uh, well, it's been it's been fine. Yeah, the, the Monster Hunter game is like the uh, is like the top news yeah. right now. That's the main. Uh, it looks very interesting. I I I have no like the only experience that I have with Monster Hunter are those. Are those uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker missions? I don't know if you <laughs> played <laughs> no, Peace Walker. Cool. Yeah, I dig that. <laughs> but but yeah, the, I I just remember there are some missions that are like uh, they made like a collaboration with Monster Hunter or something, and yes. and you need to kill like uh, like a giant uh, T Rex or something that with with snake and yeah. But uh, no, the, the game the game looks awesome. Definitely. Uh, and yeah. they have the Aloy skin, you know, from Horizon Zero Dawn, they have that. And what I'm thinking is, come on, like, come on, CD Projekt Red, let's let's do this. Let's get that Geralt skin. I mean, he is a monster hunter. You know, let's get that happening within the game. I think oh, that's right, yeah. that would be phenomenal. What do you think, Daniela, of getting Geralt in uh, Monster Hunter? That would be interesting, but um, I'm not a big fan of the Witcher series, though I'm Really uh, looking forward to Cyberpunk 2077 instead. That's going to be which um, it's it's kind of an atmosphere that appeals more to me. That's cool. Um, the Witcher fan, the Witcher series isn't actually a big fan of you. Turns out, so there you go. <laughs> see? see how that works. I'm kidding. It's fine. It's a mutual field. <laughs> no. no, no, no. But yeah, the very fact. I mean, just being justful there, but the very fact that you said like it's it's about cyberpunk for you, and uh, I I'm so intrigued by that too. That that's been that's been in development for a long time, and then yeah, recently as as Young reported, you know, uh, with it sort of reactivating since 2013. So oh, yeah. that five years later, you know, we we get um the activity came back to life. Yeah. With that beep, yeah, very intriguing. So, um, I wonder if this will be the beginning of the game. A machine long being forgotten will I think suddenly turned out. It turns up and say beep. Yeah, yeah it could be actually. I, I really think so for sure. Definitely. Fantastic. So I wanted to get a bead on both of you in terms of your relationship with Ninokuni. Um, and if there isn't that close of a relationship, particularly with Ninokuni itself, with basically what Ninokuni, I think, represents, which is a leap forward in the um, essentially the interactive just playing as like it was a dream for so long for so many of us, I'm sure, you know, we're seeing a little bit with uh, Dragon Ball fighter dragon ball fighters with the z at the end um the essential uh, like essentially yet yeah, like cartoons just, just straight up like you can't see pixels anymore like so either nino kuni uh, or your relationship with um the development of getting as close as like we're getting so close to this you know cartoon uh, uh an animation look that's so so authentic and faithful um uh so either of those subjects or both of them i'll just throw it to uh, steve uh, well, my relationship with Nino Kuni, uh, I think, well, the thing is that um, I usually don't play games with that sort of aesthetic. I yeah. usually like games that are more like realistic looking and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of the Ghibli, uh, Studio Ghibli movies. Me too. Um, and that was basically the reason why I decided to uh, to buy the uh, the game, uh, the Wrath of the White Witch game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as 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 you said, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of like the perfect gameplay because you're basically p playing as this um, Studio Ghibli anime, and yeah. that uh, I mean that means playing the same kind of not only aesthetic but also like the same kind of story. 
Yeah. Uh, if, if you if you've seen some of these movies, uh, you usually get uh, amazing, very enduring characters and, uh, and great stories that are very emotional. And um, that's that's pretty much what you get uh, with Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, but in but in in a video game. Agreed. Um, so uh, that's that's pretty much uh, why I, I love that game. Also, um, that's the only game that I play. I understand there are like handheld games. I haven't played those. Yeah, there was a, but, I think, uh, uh, like an adaptation made or possibly a sequel. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at that. Yeah. So, but uh, but also uh, the reason why I love uh, Nino Kuni um, is because it's basically the, uh, the 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 Pokemon game that I never got. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I've I've only played like two Pokemon games. I've actually played the, the very first Pokemon game, the, the the green version that came in Japanese in an old Game Boy Pocket, and um, I also played like other Pokemon game later. But uh, I've never been able to finish any of those games, and uh, I kind of never like the fact that they like you know they release these games like they release two games yeah. um, like every two years, and I mean. The stuff that you gotta you gotta play both games because if you want to get all the Pokemon and all the stuff, so uh, I've never really finished uh, those games be- because of that. Because uh, I mean, I don't like the fact that I need to buy two games to get all the all the monsters in the game, and yeah, it's basically sense. the same story with 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 uh, with like every single game has got like a like very very similar stories and very similar villains. So. Um, True. I, I I never also got like into the stories of these games. Also, oh, although I like the, uh, the the concept of it, the concept of you know getting the the, the, the Pokemon and and training it and and you know uh, fighting against other other trainers and all the stuff. And I got all that with with Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni is like the you got your familiars and you yeah you you train them and I mean the designs of the monsters of the familiars are also amazing. And um, and uh, and like I said, it's it's a, it's, a, it's also a great story. Uh, it's in the core. In the core is the story of a of of, of a of a small kid that that wants his, his his mother back, and he goes into this great adventure into a fantasy land. And you also got to play amazing with these amazing familiars and with very varied uh, like beautiful uh, escapes and. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I, that's pretty much the reasons why why I love that game. Yeah. That's, that's great, man, and I resonate so much with that absolutely. And it parallels very much my relationship with uh, you know Studio Ghibli, or rather, I should start saying Ghibli because it is Ghibli. Uh, it's uh, the name I think of Studio Ghibli is I think it's uh, like uh, the name of uh, like an Italian wind or something or some kind of like annual certain yeah. It's like an atmosphere atmospheric name. It's it's quite interesting, but um no yep. back on topic uh. Yeah, so my first obviously connection with with Studio Ghibli was was yeah like Spirited Away for example, and Spirited Away has this thing which a, a number of the um, Studio Ghibli uh, titles have of the other world, another world. In fact, Nino Kuni itself means another world. Um, and then, uh, interestingly, if you go to, for example, any like article about it, it'll just say, "Look, there was this other title back in 1991 called Another World or Autowarudo." In 1991, um, uh, tells the story of Lester, a young scientist who, as a result of an experiment gone wrong, finds himself on a dangerous alien world. Again, this is a very different premise, but there's that connection, right, with uh, 
you guys know about this game, right? This not it's it's you wouldn't think of it, but Another World was innovative in its use of cinematic effects in both real time and cutscenes, which earned the game praise among critics and a commercial success. It also was a major influence for a number of video games, such as uh, for a lot of video games and designers, such as inspiring such titles as Ico, Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill. All right, so it's like, and even a Delphine's later flashback, um, which is uh, again another game by the maker of this original one. But right there, like I remember reading in in like it's interesting that we had um, you'll hear it, listeners, in the uh, in the sort of offcuts of of the episode after the outro song, uh, an outro kind of um, well, yeah, yeah, just the outro of our episodes. Uh, we briefly spoke with um, uh, Fumito Oweda podcast's upcoming uh, co-host. His name's Logan. Um, uh, Uman on the forums, a really awesome and kindred human being. And uh, it's funny that like just this episode of Nino Kuni is just tinged with a little bit of that Fumitueta because there is that connection there through this 1991 title, uh, Another World. And and what I see Nino Kuni as, it, like the one that came out, you know, Wrath of the White Witch, it was like, I mean, I could not think of a better name for this for the series nino kuni means another world like or, or rather in another yep. world yeah um and now we look at the traditions of this in other stories such as the wizard of oz for example such as uh, Neverending story and the chronicles of narnia let's take those three um all of them is very very similar to um you know, uh, Spirited Away, for example, you can read these stories both literally and then figuratively and metaphorically. I always saw Wizard of Oz as she's um, feeling alone, she's feeling like, uh, like, uh, like, kind of humdrum life, kind of boring. Um, and uh, in fact, in that sequence, in that very, very masterfully kind of crafted film, that 1930s film, where all of the characters that appear later in the fantasy world are actually have their real world analogs, right? And this is the yep. same thing with Narnia. So Narnia, you could interpret that of like going into another world is essentially to do with growing up. You know, it has it has to do inherently with that, you know, crossing that threshold, becoming an adult, or rather maybe even crossing the threshold of overcoming like a personal loss, which in this case, um, Steve, I'm sure you remember with the first game, you know, spoilers for it, it's over, over five years old, but it's, it's, it's his mother, right? Am I correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. exactly and so all and you can from that moment on you can interpret everything that happens after that in the same way as maybe like even pan's labyrinth you know uh all these things that have to do with this um and even alice in wonderland gosh there are so many examples alice in wonderland i always read that as again she's frustrated with her her like the role that she has to play she falls down that hole and she meets kind of like funhouse mirror versions of the people she knows in the real world you know so this is a, it's a really, it's like my most kindred genre and it's very like it, it, I don't say it lightly when I say that Nino Kuni embodies that because we have Narnia, we have, as I mentioned, all of those others. And I just think nothing pulls it off quite so beautifully and poetically and visually in, a, in such a visually stunning and charming way uh, as, as Nino Kuni did for me. So um, that's, yeah, and I'm really glad you touched on those points there, um, um, Steve, that kind of essentially galvanized the, you know, uh, sort of how, how my sort of um reaction and sort of response to that sort of flowed that way um yeah thanks man and and, and um did you have any other uh extra kind of riffs based on what i sort of just said uh, uh before i throw it to daniela well you mentioned like the wizard of oz which uh does something very similar to nino kuni uh which is you know that kind of thing that you usually hate in movies when um when maybe at the end of the movie they say, "Oh, it was just a dream." Yeah, uh, that's you, right. you, you can. I mean, you can apply this to both of these stories. 
but the reason why they work so wonderfully is because um, the adventure and the experience is so great and the characters change and they learn so many things and they you cannot you cannot you cannot feel it you kind of it's it's kind of like a catharsis that they go through uh, in in like in a fantasy setting yeah that okay maybe it's in their minds maybe it's just like a, uh, like a like a metaphor yes but um it's like it's like such a, a an amazing way to 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 explore those things those those quests that that yeah. that, that, that this that these characters um need to need to go through yeah so uh that's so, so i mean this i mean things like the wizard of Oz and and nino kuni are uh, kind of to me like some of the best way to to explore a, a, a fantasy oh, yeah. a, a fantasy world a fantasy a, a fantasy story that's right and a great way to negotiate again those those um things that that's essentially the the impetus for having for these stories of uh, you know becoming as timeless and as ubiquitous as they are and not that yet yeah, ubiquity is not necessarily a bad thing it just means that things have resonated and and uh you know there's th that it's a firm genre this thing of you know um firmly established genre of as those we mentioned all these titles I'll, I'll just call it the fairy tale where there's a moral and it's essentially a, a fantasy version of what the kid is going through so i think you know it, it goes back to um you know it being simpler to explain to a child like using phrases like a scarecrow or a tree or an adventure or an apple or uh you know um a little creature in the woods these are easier terms to use and easier terms to understand than you know dry psychological terms or spiritual terms you know um that's always been the tradition of of uh, it's like stories are simplified psychology and simplified and and like easier to interpret um uh, you know like yeah just notes on the human experience or or lessons or, or morals to stories you know um and i find that yeah i i really resonate with that steve for sure um i'm um, daniela uh, what what is your uh, connection oh yeah thanks steve definitely and what is your connection uh to nakuni um to this genre and to um uh what's being done in in the medium towards capturing uh you know essentially ghibli-esque you know that quality yeah go okay so um first third of the first game, The Wrath of the White Witch, when I still didn't have a PS3. Mm. Uh, it launched in uh, early 2013, I think. Yeah. And I got my PS3 in mid-2013, so I, I got a, catch, a lot of catching up to do with the Uncharted series, uh, Nino Kuni, The Last of Us, all the games I missed because I played on the 360. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was so great, the art style that they managed to achieve in that game. Yeah. Um, that Studio Ghibli um, kind of style, uh, which as you mentioned, we haven't seen, have never seen in a game. And um, so uh, the first thing that struck me um, was the cutscenes, which were yeah. pre-rendered um, um, in this game. They're directly right. in engine. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but in the first game, there were just cutscenes pre-rendered and uh, developed by Studio Ghibli. Yeah, so it was really fantastic. Um, and uh, there was the music. Oh gosh, the music I by Joe Isaishi, yeah. which is the composer of the um, Studio Ghibli movie, movies, basically all of them. And um, he's the only, I think he's the only person to be back for the sequel from Studio Ghibli. Uh, he's doing the music for the sequel. Uh, 
Yeah, and, that's uh, incredible. We've already heard some of that music from the trailers so, we have seen so, so far. You know, so like just evocative and like romantic and just like... Yeah, I mean, the, the guy's a genius. Yeah, he's yeah. a genius, absolutely. Yeah, continue. And that uh, Rat of the White Witch was his first experiment with a video game and uh, wow. he succeeded greatly, I think. Um, that's great. So yeah, um, this sequel, I think... Um, it's been developed for quite a long time because it was 2013, so it's been like five years. Yeah, um, they've really been taking their time. It's a bit, it's a bit more. Um, I don't know how to say it. Uh, overshadowed this time because there are a lot of great games coming yeah. out this year. <laughs> uh, I mean, it comes out exactly one month before God of War. Yeah. Uh, so. Different audiences, but you're right. There's there's that definitely that sense that, you know, the landscape yeah, of gaming I mean, is very different to it was in twenty twelve. Yeah. I mean different audiences, you're right. Big but um the thing is in twenty thirteen um the PS3 was still an emerging console mm. even though uh um there were many exclusive but that year I think it was pretty poor and exclusive, but on, both on PS3 and Xbox 360. Hmm. I mean, there was The Last of Us, but little more. Yeah, <laughs> so Nino Kuki, uh, every time an exclusive came out, it was the big title of the moment. That's so true. yeah, uh, Nino Kuni got a lot of, of attention back then, um, and deservedly so. But this time, it's got some a bit more of a yeah. Hmm. Lots of competition. I mean, you got Spider-Man, you got God of War, you got so many games that already came out in 2017. People are still playing those. I personally am still playing uh, The Evil Within 2. Ah, there you <laughs> so, go. Yeah. I'm, Crazy. How about that? No, no, I agree. You got yeah, a yeah, lot the, of games. Exactly. So, um, so different. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a shadow, but I think it's going to be a great quality title this time as well. Hmm. Um, another thing, it's um, it's a whole new story that's interesting that is, because it's yeah. set a uh, hundred years after, uh, or hundreds of years after the first game. So we don't have recurring characters as far as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, we if got I'm, a if whole I'm correct, new story. You might know about this one. I'm not sure if you've done any. Uh, if you uh, maybe you know is is um so the hundred years have passed. Obviously, it's this. Again, similar to Narnia, like it, it, the years pass in the fantasy world, but not in the real world, so to speak. However, do we even have any ties to the real world this time? Probably not, right? I think uh, I think there is a like uh, the town is the same. I mean, I think it's the same world and everything. Yeah, Ding Dong Dell. Yeah, it's the same fantasy yeah. world, um, and I think they'll keep the link with the real world because it was a huge part in the first game. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gameplay is completely different. There are new characters. But the basis of the title, as you said, Nino Kuni, Second Nation, it's the um, fact that uh, a big a big part of the first game is, was the fact that every person in one world had like a soulmate in the other world. Beautiful. So um, that resonates a lot with that. I'm developing. I I like to kind of you know just because I'm so excited for dreams as well, and I for me I when I talk with you guys, I always know that like 
when that title comes out, I'm going to be riffing with you guys about creating something that, like Nino Kuni, uh, initially inspired actually, uh, along with you know again the aforementioned you know, Never Ending Story and like Narnia and uh, Alice in Wonderland is the quantum myth that I'm developing this story called Entaf about sentient metaphors. That's what Entaf means, Entaf sentient metaphors, and it's about yeah, like having in the other world essentially a reflection of your relationships in the real world. And when I saw that, I was like that resonates so much and there's that connectivity there for me uh, to the point where like I'll be playing this knowing that like I don't know dreams probably comes up after um, Nino Kuni but like it's almost going to be when I'm playing this it's I'm just going to be picking up ideas for, for adapting this and like literally I'll be speaking with both of you on PSN doing whatever collaborative awesome thing that that dream, that, that game's about and I just cannot wait I cannot wait and and a huge part of my mm-hmm. my investment and interest in, in Nino Kuni is because it resonates so much with, with the quantum stuff and just knowing that dreams is coming uh, it, in fact can I even say like the whole the whole endeavor of like Ninokuni, it just has this super dreamlike quality, doesn't it? Like all of Ghibli's stuff always yeah. feels a little bit hyper real, don't you think? You know, what I like about Japanese games in general is the fact that they put so much uh, passion into making them yeah. most of the times. Um, but um, speaking of the different worlds, I think there will be uh, a recurring theme, a recurring theme too in this game because we have. Among the main characters, we have Roland, who's described as a visitor from another world. Ah, um, there you go. So, yeah, he's kind of, uh, I don't know, based on the first trailer, which is the one I liked the most among the trailers they released. Mm-hmm. Um, the first trailer showed the, this guy, Roland, who seemingly looked like he was from our world, maybe from another age. Another age. Um, he uh, looked like he was stuck in this other world mm-hmm. and that since he was there he was going to help the main character whose name is even yes. uh to uh, get his throne back i love to say his, his full name is just so great what is it uh i need to find it it's so great it's like evan petty whisker tildrum yes again just super <laughs> awesome yeah go ahead man mm-hmm. didn't interrupt no it's all right um so yeah i think um and in the first game a lot of the uh, um story elements story uh, plot twists were about traveling from one world to the other yeah finding out uh, who was who and i'm not going to spoil the game to the ones who haven't played it yet because to our listeners it's really a great game if you got the chance please play it <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> and, uh, yeah totally it's it's really a fantastic experience uh, so yeah uh, just to say uh, a vast majority of the plot twists we're about uh, crossing one world to the other mm-hmm. and uh, resolving things in one world also helped things uh, getting better in the other. Beautiful. So they were really connected, this world. They weren't just parallel universes mm-hmm. in the normal tense. I agree. So, yeah. yeah, I love that, man. And that's and and again, it's really if we think about it, guys, just think about the stories you've, you've heard, maybe the stories you grew up on. Um, uh, you know, what, 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 whatever they were, like one of the common threads out throughout all of them is that when you come out of a story that that moves you deep enough, it, it, you come out of the story having changed yourself. And so to then extrapolate that, it's almost meta in a way to extrapolate that into a story where within the story, the person who's experiencing that 
that, that <laughs> you know that fantasy world coming out of it themselves with new lessons and things having changed in their real world maybe even physically yeah you know um it parallels how it changes it, you twice as much it changes you twice as much absolutely <laughs> it um it really has this and and i and again you know uh i, I just i really feel like I just think of moving experiences, and for me, the most moving fairy tale game experiences for me, like for me to edit, like like we're going to be doing that podcast there. That's definitely that 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 you know, Shadow of the Colossus. A reading of that is is the the stages of grief, is accepting death, but also not wanting to accept it. And maybe you can even read it as a parallel to cancer and what someone would want to do to be able to save their loved one from cancer, and 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 how it would be self destructive to to uh you know to fight against fate and fight against death and 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 in in Nino Kuni um I really found that the world that um that, that was it Tom the, the the protagonist from the first one uh, mm-hmm. Oliver Oliver yes he he it all of his experiences especially with Drippy like it was like he was communing with his mother's like spirit in that place you know that's and and she was such a like a, a, like a, a life-affirming like beautiful soul you know and and that's why this world itself was painted that way it was almost painted with like brushstrokes that was used like the paint of her soul was used to paint this world and and i think this is i mean again as I, as i said like these stories they they connect with us on so many levels and and renewedly which is to say that they're timeless and and that's why fairy tales you know like this they resonate so much across the ages and and um oh and the fact that they're interactive i mean come on that takes everything like ghibli yeah. was amazing and and evocative and and beautiful and and life changing enough but now you know that's what the promise of revenant kingdom especially because as you said there are no pre rendered cutscenes it's all in engine um yeah and that yeah. that takes um that's so much better in term in terms of uh you i mean the bad thing about pre-rendered cutscenes is that the characters look a bit different yeah every time mm. even with final fantasy games i don't know if you think of final fantasy 13 or final fantasy 10 nine you had nine these cutscenes yeah go ahead okay mm-hmm. you had these cutscenes where you almost didn't recognize the characters and then when you went back to gameplay graphics and you said, oh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. You remember yeah. that, Steve, back in the day? Yeah. I mean, with this game, with, uh, with the first Nino Kuni, uh, the thing was that you have a bunch of, uh, you have a bunch of uh, animated uh, cutscenes at the beginning. And uh, then you played like uh, 60 hours or something. And then the last, one of the last cutscenes is animated too. But there are also like many uh in engine uh, cutscenes uh yeah. which was kind of weird i actually uh, i actually my, my, i actually like a lot the uh, the the animated ones the ones that are basically just an anime like you were watching mm. a, a ghibli movie that's right uh, i like those a lot um so yeah i i have no idea if there are going to be some of those cutscenes like that in in, in the second game mm. but uh, i actually enjoy uh, enjoy those quite a lot that's right. Um, I want to say t- for both of you, there's this new studio. It's the it's the enough. It's um, the, it's basically staff from Studio Ghibli, right? Uh, who have created their own new um, st- sort of uh, studio, um, and they just released their first feature actually not long ago. Uh, and I believe it was something. It was her name was like uh, Mary. Uh, if I'm just going to looking it up right now, um, yeah, Mary and the Witch's Flower by Studio Ponok, right? Um, based on the Little Broomstick. And if you look at this one, there's actually a pretty extensive use of the um combination of cg 
uh, and an animation which is which is being used in um uh, or rather like heavily like you know it's almost one for one in 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 Nino Kuni and again listeners if you haven't I mean I'm I, w- I was an old Dragon Ball Z kid from from the day I don't really keep up with it much that much nowadays but I will say like my eyes have definitely darted towards you know what they've been doing because I look and I and I have those moments which by the way like I experience more of these moments of disbelief when I'm looking at a screenshot of Dragon Ball Z uh, fighters or whatever or Nino Kuni uh, Revenant Kingdom and I'm looking and I genuinely cannot tell whether or not it's animation or like I, I and that that's you know how some people say that they like as a parlance of like oh ha, ha, I, I can't tell and they sort of say it a bit flippantly or lightly or maybe as a way to emphasize something and they don't actually mean it like I've had moments where I straight up people were like, oh, seeing Avatar for the first time in 2009 made me have memories of, of it and it's photoreal and it's indistinguishable from reality. And I, and I believed it for a little bit, then I just rolled my eyes like, we haven't, th- not, not there yet. Maybe 2021 we'll see or 2020 when that first title comes up, we'll see if that actually can be done. But to create that moment of actual disbelief, like Nino Kuni has totally done that. Have either of you felt that when you saw any of these screenshots of like, is that animation or not? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the the good thing about those that sort of uh, style they're going for with with games. I mean, you mentioned like Dragon Ball. I just uh, and there are like Naruto games, Naruto yeah. fighting games that are that are just like that. They have the same style. Um, <laughs> I just remember back in the in the PS One era when uh, they started like experimenting whether they want whether they wanted to keep the animation style or go full three D. Yeah. So you have like games like Dragon Ball Final Bout, which I mean, I personally hate how it looks because of like this 3D 3D thing that is just it looks so clunky and so horrible. <laughs> and then yeah. you have other games like you mentioned. Then you go to the PS2 era with the with the Budokai games, which start taking that uh, that animation style and they look amazing. And I mean, people are gonna tell you that they're those are probably the best uh, Dragon Ball games. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's a great it's a great style if you're basing it on something that is like animation. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I when it comes to anime, uh, like anime or animated movies, uh, I still prefer if they just do everything with like old school uh, animation, right? Instead yeah. of just using uh, CGI stuff like that, but. Me too. But yeah, when it comes to video games, I mean, the, the, the style they went for with, with Nino Kuni or with this uh, new Dragon Ball games, or I mean, they're, they're even doing the same with the, uh, with the latest um, Street Fighter games, which also have this sort of yeah. animation, animation-looking style. Uh, I think for, for, for video games, that's, that's kind of the, the ideal thing if you're basing it on like characters uh, from anime or something like that. So uh, it's, it's it, when it comes to Nino Kuni, it's just like the perfect style, you know. And like you say, it, it conveys it conveys the same feeling as if you were watching uh, one of the Ghibli movies. It it straight up does, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I also I'm that that's almost making me want to just dive straight into some of because I'm looking at some screenshots now um, of, of Revenant Kingdom. Um, so I was going to just ask about some of that, but I wanted to. Um, you know, uh, maybe we'll we can do a bit of development history on, on the project itself, or or you know what, guys, how about I do actually the structure of the show, which I usually do at the top of every show. <laughs> you know how I <laughs> outline that for the new listeners? We kind of went straight into our, our talk, didn't we? <laughs> 
Yeah. That's, yeah. That's how excited I am <laughs> Me for too. the game. That's really, yeah. And, I, and that's why I I'm got really the good. limited edition pre ordered. And the so, European limited edition is very nice. Yes. Is that the one with the, it's the diorama? I, I have that one pre ordered too. That's really, really mm -hmm. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and again, it's just sort of things that I was saying this actually on the other show, um, uh, on God of War, actually, God of War podcast with Ilias. I was saying, when it comes to, like re when you really resonate some with something a, a development team have done like the like the best way you, you can you know encourage that and, and have that you know uh you, like have that not be the last you see of it is, is to uh yeah as a, i mean i say it kind of inject like you know loosely in, in a fun kind of way like throw your money at it but the, the more serious way is like literally invest in it like it really it, yeah. It re yeah and that's, that's what I, I love doing with with like special editions and stuff it's really important for me actually so um <laughs> so yeah so i first saw the um the Nino Kuni two trailer. It, I think it was at E three that it was announced that it was um, that it was shown. I think so. I think I would say E three twenty sixteen. If I'm correct. Yes. During the Sony conference. I believe so. I believe so. That's right. Uh -huh. Yeah. And and when I saw that it, again, for me, my, my immediate impression was like just because of the, the hardware, the scale is is enormous now. And if if Nino Kuni one had these feelings of maybe let's just say like uh, a mixture of, it, I think it had some Spirited Away vibes. Definitely the first one. This one has like you know howling has moving howls moving castle vibes, right? Because yeah, 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 that like the cities and then that rule of the Rat King and everything. It's just it gave me that impression um, that we could be seeing. I don't think in Ninokuni one did we have like a, an enormous city to, to like to explore. Like well, Linden? there were it was a huge uh, world. there were various. It was it was yeah. There was various cities. You had the overworld uh, Final Fantasy VII style, and then you got into the cities. Um, there were pretty big ones, but not huge ones. I think in Inokuni 2 you see some huge cities, really. And, um, yeah, I don't know, um, from the videos they shared, I think we'll see, we'll still see an overworld-like style, uh, with the chibi-looking characters. Um, so yeah, that will be something they will keep from the first game. But, yeah. um, the cities look way bigger this time. Okay. This time, so, uh, I guess there you know, will be you know many the, more subquests and some stuff. You know the thing about the first Nino Kuni is that even though the, the the world itself is not like the biggest thing ever, it feels to me it just felt huge because of yeah. how this right. variety, man. I mean, like you mentioned, there are many cities. Uh, every city has like the a very specific theme, a very specific type of people. Uh, some cities have like people that are kind of. Uh, that are like uh, based on like Asian people. Some other cities look like mm. they're based on like uh, South American people. Other cities are based like you know like they're more European. Uh, European. Um, right. It'll change the environment. I mean, like, city. yeah, the, the the design of the cities, and not only that, you have like all sorts of uh, all sorts of kind of environments in terms of like you have like a volcano environment and like the snowy area like a uh, like desert. various dungeons yeah mm. deserts so the to me the world felt i mean it felt huge absolutely yeah and it gave me that feeling of again you know my favorite final fantasy is final fantasy 9 and and i definitely felt some vibes with that and again you know it's a more um you know an, an earlier game let's say with like a more limited kind of world map but it really is also not just about like um 
the capacity of the engine. It's really about the feeling that the storytellers give you of the world being big, right? Which I felt yeah. there was bucket loads of in the first Nino Kuni. What's great now is that they can have that plus the actual physical, like like that they're able to you know realize that in hardware and in, with the hardware, you know, and like like that's what really really excites me as well about seeing some of these like palatial huge expanses, you know, uh, that that they're changing, you know. Um, for the better, you know, and expanding, as well as the the narrative seeming, you know, um, maybe a bit more complex because it is we're dealing with a king and a king has, um, you know, or, or rather stepping up to become a king, right? Which has a whole host of other, you know, uh, uh, I mean, the, the duty I suppose is simple is like ruling a country, similar to how the first title is like finding your mother or finding out what happened. Um, but I love how they've switched that up and they didn't do just another repeat of, of that first premise. You know, I, I think that I'm really intrigued. What do you guys think of the, the promised story um, of, of Nino Kuni uh, to Revenant Kingdom? I'll throw it to, yeah, actually, whoever wants to speak, go. Yeah, well, um, the first trailer is the one that says the most about the story, I think. Uh, it gives kind of like almost a visual synopsis. Um, you see this young uh, prince whose um, mother, I think, dies, mm. and uh, he's uh, under a coop. And uh, this guy from another world, Roland, helps him and uh, protects him, and they escape together. And so his main quest is to retake his kingdom. That's why it's Revenant Kingdom, right. uh, from the tyrant that uh, took it from him. Um, so yeah, he's like building up a resistance and finding new allies. That's great. Uh, that should be the, the, the main thing. But of course, there will be much more as it was in the first game. I love that. And and, and I want to say, you know, you know how we had Final Fantasy fourteen, which had almost a similar kind of c concept of, you know, how like you had your kingdom essentially your throne usurped and it's you out there as you know as was the case with noctis you know and, and his group um you know being a royal who was sort of dethroned and needing to reclaim his throne or, or accept or accept his his place on the throne you know and and this is the first time again just as i was saying earlier you know the what happens when you're just sort of riffing things out loud that it occurred to me but i will say even though i'm a diehard final fantasy person like i, I really am and, and I've, I've spoken before on earlier podcasts about the feeling of just like super wish fulfillment and gratitude i felt because of just the photoreal you know world of, of, of fantasy and but i will say like i'll always have a really fun like even post 15 like my favorite is final fantasy 9 and and it is fantasy like own the fantasy i love the mixing of reality and fantasy but this is pure fantasy which is great you know and um i think that that is it has so much promise of, of what he what can because what does that entail uh, daniel if we think about it S -s you know building a resistance or, or rather you know you have to you have to again traverse the realm you need to convince the races you need to do all this it's almost a bit like dragon age inquisition you know how how you're you're sort of yeah like like the herald of the new of, of wanting to sort of reclaim and uh you know a more balanced and, and healthy order and, and rule of the world so uh, yeah I, I find that pretty yeah that was the um, that, that's what i like it's a totally different premise as you said from the first game because in the first game you are only your only interest was some way to bring your mother back uh, by helping her soulmate in the other world. That was the premise that uh, put um, Oliver on his journey. Um, this time, uh, we have a character from that other world, uh, which has a total different task. 
uh, so yeah, totally different story, um, totally different gameplay too, because we have no familiars this time. True, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's like an action RPG. The Higgledies, they're uh, called, which are just so charming. They're just uh, the, yeah, which is based on the word Higgledy Piggledy. Oh yes, which I yes. believe is a nonsense word. Let me quickly look it up. Higgledy, the <laughs> Higgledy Piggledy um, is uh, it means confusion or disorder. Which makes sense because mm. they're all over the place. They're essentially like Pikmin. <laughs> when you went from Pokemon to Pikmin, right? Yeah. Um, but again, that that was a good thing. I mean, I liked uh, collecting familiars and stuff, but actually trying to level them all up and understanding which ones to use was a bit frustrating because um, it became very slow in the mid-to-end game. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean... I like they that tried was, something um, new. That 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 change in, in in mechanics and gameplay was kind of the only thing that I uh, that I felt disappointed about um, about the new game oh. uh, because I mean familiarity is like uh, it's one of my favorite things. It, it, was, it was to me it wasn't about like uh, leveling or leveling up all of them. Uh, to me it was more about like you get your favorite familiars and you and you kind of. Level them up, and, and it's, it's got like a like I said, like a, a small Pokemon feeling to it. Um, but but yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think that the the, the story of, of 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 the new game is is promising. I hope they have like uh, good characters, and they have like uh, also like a like an emotional core to to this to this uh, to this rebellion or whatever the protagonist wants to do to this uh, feeling of wanting to recover his his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel I felt that's that's the kind of thing I I, I saw the uh, a gameplay of of Revenant Kingdom and uh, that was kind of the, the disappointing thing for me uh, that it, it didn't have familiars anymore. I I I enjoy. I mean, and one of the things is that the familiars are very uh, have very creative designs, and I just love to find. I I don't remember having seeing like one familiar that had like a disappointing lazy design. And that was great, just going all around the world, finding these different familiars and these different types of yeah. familiars. I did so, like um, yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's right. So yeah, and and I see obviously from that trailer, and I, it's funny because I, I, it's, I, I tend to be okay mostly with spoilers kind of thing, um, but. Again, as I said, there's this, 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 you know, and again, you know, us three, we, we started with Death Stranding podcast. We, 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 um, we, we, we're used to other, other tones as well. And I, I'm fully immersed in yeah. that as well. Definitely. It's very, a big, big shift. You know, in fact, you know, up until, you know, we found out, like, again, we're looking, really looking forward to having Louise on for Left Alive. Uh, and that was the, uh, what we were going to proceed with. Um, but then we, you know, took this, this turn. And then I, I mentioned to you in the, in the Skype messages, oh, wow, what, what a vibe shift. But what, what I really think for me is like, you need that. Like, you really do. And, and, and even though Death Stranding will have a lot of commentary that'll probably be quite direct on like environment and like the dangers the perils of being isolated you know that norman quote i just posted to the interactive artistry you know about staying connected like that's beautiful and again also vr like vr is going in that crazy like new technological direction and, and for me nino kuni is like an old book it's like an old you just it just sort of puts you at ease and it's like this is just you sit down you crack it open and what's what's beautiful about this is is like if you told your 10, 15, uh, like, uh, like, or maybe like, like a 
maybe you know like 10 or 11 year old selves like by the way everything that i'm reading from you from or, or that we just watched in so and so ghibli movie like we'll be able to one for one be in that world and you'll be there you know um what do you think of the likelihood <laughs> oh, yeah. of uh, there being a nino kuni vr experience <laughs> oh gosh um be interesting right to be actually in i the- don't we did get one for well, Final fantasy 15 out of nowhere yeah, well, I don't think uh, a game like Nino Kuni needs that because um, uh, I don't know. I used to watch anime on my TV, so playing that game on my TV, uh, set on my couch, it feels natural. You know, yeah, feels like I'm watching an anime and interacting with it. Um, having it on VR, I don't know. I, I think, in my opinion, uh, and I'm. I'm not. I'm not demanding this for everyone, but in my opinion, VR experiences are more for uh, realistic-looking games. Yeah, that's right. Because that's, right. that's what uh, immerses you the most. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, VR is kind of like a gimmick uh, more than anything. I've just played. I've only played like uh, the the latest Resident uh, Resident Evil game on on VR, and it has some cool stuff, but. Um, I don't know. To me, it kind of does the opposite of what it's supposed to do, which is immerse you into into the world. Um, it's basically the same thing with like three D movies, where I mean, it, you have this. You, I mean, you have this this frame where you're when your where your mind is focused, and you can just uh, immerse yourself in the story and the characters and everything. And if like something comes out of the screen, you are kind of reminded that you are in just in a room and it's this kind of gimmick that wants to just like have some impact and with vr it comes a point where i mean to me you you're you're kind of reminded that you are not in this world because you cannot grab this certain item with your with your hands and everything even though it's it's your field of vision so um to me it's kind of like a gimmick and i haven't played the the final fantasy 15 vr thing um Right, but I would assume that people that uh, that like that game is 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 more because of they got immersed in, in the story and the and the group of uh, main characters and you know. So um, I also think it's not like uh, it's not necessary. I I don't see them doing this basically because I mean, it's Nino Kuni is also like a like a like a turn based combat thing. So. I don't know how they would do it. <laughs> what do you think of the the combat's going to be like in this new title? It's, is it from, well, you, you from guys just game? mentioned that you, you guys just mentioned that it's not going to be like uh, that much turn based. It's going to be more like action based uh, yeah. combat. I don't know how how much RPG elements are, are you're going to be able to to have in the game. I, I really don't know that. I I just saw like. I just saw like the gameplay where you are playing with this, you know, the new the new little creatures, um, and you can do everything with those creatures. You attack with those creatures. You use your your magic with those creatures and everything. So uh, I don't know how how much simpler the combat got. I I, I think was my first impression is that it got simpler. So. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know how much of the RPG elements that you got in the first game, you know, uh, uh, leveling your familiars and everything are gonna be translated into the new mechanics. That's absolutely yeah, and and I, for me as well, like the one thing I have to say, I mean, we've said so many, we've talked so much sugar about it. One thing I will say is the overworld chibification. What do you guys think of that? 
you know how you become like a chibi. I like, didn't like it. I know. I didn't like I it. Know. Because um I don't know, it's so awesome the fact that you see the same characters uh, as I said before, you see you see the same characters in the cutscenes and in the gameplay. Why do you have to change it when you go to the overworld? I mean, I know it's a different perspective. Um it's it's almost symbolic an overworld like this like it was in the first Ninokuni, like it was in final fantasy 7 8 you had this overworld that was pretty symbolic because you had characters that were as tall as a tree so yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean of course but why changing their looks um i don't know I, that's the only thing i didn't like about Ninokuni 2 so far and i hope it stays the only one yeah that's right. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, for me, the main the main thing will be the narrative, which is fine, you know, and um and the cutscenes, mm-hmm. which, by the way, they're just so charming. They're just like the I think that the, the little girl, the girl with like the pigtails and stuff, like the super the music. sassy, yeah, the yeah, music. yeah. And the, the music. music. I'm gonna be cutting. Yeah, in. <laughs> I'm gonna be cutting into some of that music here. Absolutely, no, go go for it, man. Tell me, oh, tell me your thoughts. Go go go. I mean, I mean, I mean, I love Joey Sahishi's music. I watched his concert. Uh, I think it was the 25th anniversary. Uh, of Studio Ghibli's concert, and uh, there was this giant orchestra playing all the music from the various movies from Studio Ghibli. And when I heard, when I played Nino Kuni and heard the same style, the same music, the same depth in the I themes, yeah. I mean, and then I saw Nino Kuni 2's first trailer, which has this beautiful theme going on, especially at the end, and uh, I was like mind blown i think yes i'm gonna play a 50 hours game with this kind of music <laughs> yeah exactly i know and and i think it's fully i mean just this full-blown orchestration it just it really just feels exactly just like the ghibli you know definitely Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, and now the other thing I wanted to say is I want to do a quick little roundtable on this. So that character that appears, he's like he, he's like this Yoda kind of character in the uh, in the um, in the trailer. Like, the, what what are your favorite shots from the trailer? If you if you want, if you're scrubbing through it, like I'm scrubbing through it now. Uh, yeah, or like I'm going to bring it up. What do you, what do you think? What's, um, what sort of shows the most promise? One of my favorite thing. I'm oh, sorry. I'll let Steve go first. I'm yeah, talking go, all the time. No, please, please go first. I, I'm actually trying to remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's I'm, I'm watch it I watched that trailer like a million times. You're I think. Giving Steve time to, to, to yeah. Let's cool. Go for it, Daniela. Okay, so um, I got two favorite mo- favorite moments from uh, three actually favorite moments from that trailer. The first one is when. Um, uh, even is holding this uh, woman, which I think is his mother, um, and she says, "I know you will be a great king." And uh, yeah, it's a really uh, moving scene, even when you don't know the story. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that will be uh, a great, a great piece for me. Um, another one is the, um, the the part when where they are writing these um, kind of. I don't know how to describe it. Can these vehicles in the air and going yeah. through a river? And uh, yeah, that's great atmosphere, yeah. great music in that moment too. And the final one is when he comes out uh, right right before the, the title comes out on the screen. You see his, him going out on the balcony and cheer, cheered by the people and saying, I want to build a kingdom where everyone can live happily ever after. And there's this beautiful music at that moment, which 
wow, sends me shivers every time. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And and I do remember, you know, the first trailer of like the original Nino Kuni and how much that like moved me and stuff. Uh, like it like it just like again it resonated with everything I've been mentioning mentioning earlier about this medium and I was like, wow, this is like the be all end all other world story, you know? And then the game absolutely mm -hmm. confirmed that when I went through it. But when I saw this one, I mean, again, that so many like there were some Nausicaa moments, right? With with the aircraft, you know? Yeah, so beautiful, absolutely. And uh, and Steve, um, I now like I just wanted to obviously throw it to you because we, we we mentioned, uh, you know, have you had a chance to have a look at the maybe screenshots or? Uh, well, uh, no, but I, what I what I what what stuck to me from I think the first trailer that I that actually got me really excited was the fact that you could fight this enormous beasts, which you couldn't do like in in the first game. You, there are like shots with with the guys fighting like a giant golden chimera or a giant uh, like um like frost monster or something yeah and um yeah. I, that's probably the thing that sticks that sticks to me the most because uh if you remember the first game most of the familiars weren't that big and you couldn't have like this big uh, battles yeah. so um yeah that's 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 it i think absolutely yeah well all right yeah. i was wrong uh the, the game was announced at the PlayStation Experience in 2015. Right. So. Oh my God! Yeah. Gosh, it's a while been two ago. years. Mm. Yeah. It'll have been three years now. With 2018, it's coming out in March, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, March uh, 23rd. That's right. That's so cool. Well, here's the here's another thing that I want to tackle. So uh, we mentioned a couple of you know the visuals that that stood out at us, right? Um, we mentioned some of the themes. We mentioned some of the uh, um, uh, you know like uh, some of the development history and, and what's involved. Um, unlike like some of the sort of uh, like um, uh, developers we focus on, where the, like you know Kojima, like Fumito Ueda, like it's them leading them. The, like it doesn't seem as though with this it seems very much more like collaborative no one's really kind of out there repping it or like the director it kind of reminds me of the director of like breath of the wild for example um that it's he's there but he's, he's sort of understated and and like just doesn't really go out into the spotlight very much you know um and it's it, it's it's yeah i i think that that's a that's a really cool vibe it really feels like they they might even know look hey there's going to be the, the release schedule is going to be so um you know, the, yeah, it's very crowded in March. It really, it's, and that's when things really are starting to ramp up. So, in terms of making its impression, but I think they're just doubling down on look. This is this will be like a traditional, you know, it, it really is waving that flag of like a traditional uh, of RPGs for sure. Um, yeah. So, what is actually? I want to just maybe ask to do a quick little roundtable because I think is this the first? It is the first RPG we're discussing in this sort of traditional turn-based, you know, kind of sense. What is each of your relationships with like? The, the genre of RPG. We'll go. I'll throw it to um, uh, Steve. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, the, the series that is most similar, which is Final Fantasy. I I've only played Final Fantasy six, VI, seven, and eight. Mm -hmm. uh, I never played nine. Uh, so um, and I, I I love those games, especially especially six. Uh, like I said, when it comes to RPGs. Um, uh, I, so, I sort of like like the more realistic type, um, but but I think that the the the, the genre of JRPG is it's it's great, mm. and uh, I mean the 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 reason why I mean one of the greatest things about the first Nino Kuni is how it's like a turn-based combat RPG, but it's very accessible. 
is not like the most complex the most complex RPG ever. So um, I really I really like that. I really like also like you know having this amazing fantasy world with very creative creatures and and everything. It's it's not like my favorite genre like fantasy RPG. I'm, I'm more of a I mean, I like open world games and like stealth games and stuff like that. But uh, but I enjoyed a lot and uh, a lot. And um, I mean, one of the things I enjoy the most is that these games are usually incredibly long. So <laughs> so you have like you you can you can play these amazing experiences in 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 the course of a year, and you really feel like the weight of the great story and mythology of, of these games. So uh, so yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How about you, um, Daniele? Yeah, about the length, um, I've always compared Japanese RPGs to uh, as the experience of reading a book. Like, uh, instead of watching a movie that finishes very quickly, you uh, play a little, then rest a while, do other things, and go back to it um, and learn the story. Uh, my first RPG was, I think, JRPG, was, I think, uh, Lost Odyssey. Okay. Um, for the CC. Um, and that was my first experience with a turn-based JRPG, and I loved it. Um, then I played a lot of them. Um, I can tell you Final Fantasy 1, 2, 10, and 13, 15. Uh, I played um, Eternal Sonata, which is a very underrated game, which is fantastic. On oh, the 360. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Tales of Zestiria, which let me down a little on the um, PS4. I want to ask you about and, the Tales games, actually. We'll dive into that later, but yeah, continue. Yeah, I only played two of them, Tales of Zestiria and Tales of the Abyss mm. on the 3DS. Um, yeah, so um, I don't know a lot about that series, but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I really love the, that genre, but uh, I must say sometimes um, they're not always masterpieces. I mean, they, there are some games like I, I, I can think of Tales of Zestiria, for example, which had a decent story but was poorly developed. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, someone will hate me for this comment. I know, no, it's okay. Um, it's, it's like Final Fantasy is all over the place. Narratively, like JRPGs can sometimes be completely topsy turvy. Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. But it's um, it's a really nice genre, not appreciated by many people. Uh, but um, the one who like those kind of games really love them. Hmm. True. Absolutely. That's what I think. Me too. And then my relationship, you know, uh, as I mentioned, Final Fantasy IX. I'll, I'll say it ad nauseum as much as, you know, it's 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 sim <laughs> it simply is. It simply is. Um, you know, like Vivi is is just like Vivi is life. You know, you know this. You know this. It's Italian. Vivi means to live. You know, it's it's um and his, yeah. his existential quandary in that story is one of it's. I carry it into my life every day. You know, is this real? Am I real? All that stuff. It's just something that I just. I yeah. I, it, obviously, ultimately, you need to be able to kind of you know get to a point of being able to function and stuff and like you can't just be constantly in an existential stupor all day um but um the like I, what i loved about final fantasy 9 for example that I, that I i know that you know 22 in its own way because it has this emphasis on this maturation 
you know, we talk about the maturation of the medium. It's it's going from looking for your mother, which is a childhood need, to becoming a king, which is not only an adult need but a ruler's need. You know, maybe this is definitely a title for the Trump ages. You know, <laughs> something where we can we can wow. um, yeah where yeah, where we where we can um, vicariously. Uh, this is like Matt Ray, for example, who, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, one of the earliest things, a little mini story for the the the. Uh, the lovey-dovey in, in, incline. So one of the earliest things, like this is uh, your uh, Albert's idea of wooing is like, oh, right, not beautiful, fantastic. And she was in America and stuff. We were talking. I was like, one of the like things that I like we talked about earlier in our relationship I was like, Ray, is it okay if I ask you something? She's like, again, like romantically, it's like, yeah. It's like, well, I, I figured, I, I don't know if it would be all right. It's like, oh, go ahead. I was like, well, I'm just, it would, be, would it be okay if you pre-ordered the new Kuni for me? <laughs> You know, and like I basically said, because I we couldn't get the collector's position here in Australia, and she was in the US, and so um she was very classy about it though, and she was like, oh yeah, sure, you know, I'm sure she may have possibly been expecting something up else to like me leading up to. I mean, we eventually like like moved into the same city and everything, but like just for that one particular <laughs> particular vignette, I I was like, that's how how pervasive like Nino Kuni had been to me, you know. So um, but anyway, speaking of yeah, I was saying speaking of Ray, like she is watching, for example, the West Wing. Again, again because um she gets a vicarious like sanity from watching a natural competently run government right <laughs> you know mm -hmm. <laughs> from that and i think um you know as well as that escapism of the fantasy world like just again maybe uh, you know these are the furthest things from each other you know trump and you know cooney but if you want to have that <laughs> feeling if you want to have that feeling of look uh a place maybe again does it have to be it's maybe it can make you feel a little sad or whatever but like always in fantasy worlds people can work things out they work together you know they defeat the evil where there's so much it's like the opposite in our world a lot of the time evil is is hard to defeat and, and it's it's like it i reckon there's going to be a, a it's hard to detect First of all, hard to detect, yeah, you know. But although he's very easy to detect because he is an Oompa Loompa, so he actually, <laughs> the orange skin. You okay, can you see. should name you should name this episode uh, <laughs> Trump and Nino Kuri. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm gonna call it Oompa Loompas and Higgledy. I think we'll let. I think we'll get a lot of views. <laughs> well, oh yeah, I think hot button. Yeah, you'll see. We'll see that. You know, we'll see the uptick definitely. But um, but yeah, on that subject of catharsis, like you know, we talked about like uh, our relationships with the genre. But by far and away, like my time by my windowsill in Canberra in two thousand and two, uh, with my little grey PS one, you know, huddled up in in winter, you know, playing disc after disc of Final Fantasy nine. Like that's that's my relationship with an RPG. That that's that's mm -hmm. and. In every fiber of what Ninokuni to you know Revenant Kingdom is showing itself to be, I, f I feel that happening again, which is really great because especially as you go into adulthood, you can get super jaded. Like life can just kind of come crashing down on you, and I really feel like that it's gonna be it's gonna be a great kind of bit of escapism. So I wanted to feel that to you guys. Like, uh, what what I mean, even if it's not going to Ninokuni, like we can even talk about just the wider subject of like catharsis through games. What's your main game you play for catharsis? That I I sort of said Final Fantasy Nine. But what's a sort of memory of catharsis you feel um, to, you know? Wow. Yeah, go for it. Um, well, it surely was an RPG. I mean, all of the RPGs I've played gave me that sense of uh, being able to uh, take a break yeah. and uh, immerse myself into another world. Uh, that's something Japanese developers are really good at uh, with JRPGs. Uh, I, think, I can think of Eternal Sonata or... Star Ocean, The Last Hope. Um, okay. These are the two titles that come at the top of my head for like giving me a lot of immersion and really 
um, when I, when I uh, turned off the console after playing them for like some hours, I would start doing the same things that I did before, but with a different spirit. Like, all right, I can now I can go back to doing stuff. Now I can go back to study. Now I can go back to uh, talking to my friends. Um, I, I I took my break, like you know, uh, that kind of thing. That yeah, it's not a bad thing because we all need that. I mean, if someone doesn't play video games, he, he does that with other things, like I don't know, playing golf, riding a bike, uh, going for a walk. People do that. People need that, and it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. And how about you, Steve? Uh, well, I don't know if I have played like a game for the sake of like uh, having a cathartic moment, but uh, <laughs> um, actually, just like uh, use it as uh, sort of you know the the escapism, and sure, you can you can learn stuff, and your 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 conscience can change if if, if it's a great work of art. Um, but, uh, for example, I think the thing is that the RPGs that I grew up with are actually American. Uh, I mean, I, I, I grew up, like I said, with like Final Fantasy VI and I also played like Xenogears, but, um, kind of my favorite RPGs were like, uh, American RPGs like, uh, Deus Ex and, and, uh, the, the first Fallout games and, uh, uh, the, the, like, uh, I grew up also Mass like Effect, moral maybe. with 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 yeah Mass Effect like Knights of the Old Republic like Star Wars. Uh, oh, that was Knights good. Of the Republic and uh, I kind of grew up with those games and it's just, it's just great to to just uh, escape to this to to this other otherworldly uh, environments and to experience this kind of stories and and like I said the good thing about the about RPGs is they are usually very very long. So uh, you you kind of immerse yourself in that story, and it's it's is the is the is the hardest kind of game to to let go after you finish it. This happened yeah. with the first Nino Kuni. It's kind of like you, you you get a feeling of you you get a feeling that okay this 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 story finish and it's like a it, it's like this sadness of ha having to let that story go, <laughs> you know, because you've spent so much time in this world. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the great thing about RPGs. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Um, and, um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, can you see, can you hear the nostalgia? Like, I'm just a nostalgic creature inherently. <laughs> I really am. And I really am. I, I mean, I'm just as, you know, I, even, as I said, just listeners before, we were just ramping up to, uh, you know, talk about uh, projects that, like, you know, I mean, it's, it was left alive, but we, you know, you'll hear in the the, the recording, uh, Daniel and I talk about Death Stranding, and that, that's on the forefront. You know, that's 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 pushing things in different directions with like fourth wall breaking and stuff. But um, yeah, I'm I call myself colloquially with with my friends here, like I'm a tattooed grandma. Like if you really look in my heart, like I'm just I'm like that lady in the Nino Kuni trailer with all the higgledies. You know, like that's who I mm -hmm. am uh, emotionally. Maybe like maybe not on the outside. Um, so yeah, I mean, I actually, um, I don't know if you guys are big on soundtracks with like, um, you know, you listen to them throughout the day from like, from like different games and stuff. But I, oh yeah, me and Final Fantasy IX soundtrack is just, I'll, I'll, ha I have to like sit down like and, and take a moment for when the Bemisia music comes on.
here's the here's the the, the brilliance of this. So emotionally, right? Speak, yeah. Without without any without any like um you know some stories like get you get their hooks into you with like themes and direct parallels you know, um yeah. and and the thing is like I can't obviously, you know in any shape or form relate to being an anthropomorphic rat in an anthropomorphic rat kingdom where my king has died and all these things that happened with you know final fantasy 9 but when i hear that it's like music speaks beyond its original intent it speaks beyond its original context of being written oh, yeah. especially without lyrics and uh that music is is mourn is mourning so for me there are certain there are certain moments in games that and certain moments in soundtracks that are just that word. So when I think of yeah. the, the word mourning, for me, it's Bermisia. And when I think of um, quirky kind of like plodding through a city, I think of the Alexandria song. You know, I'm actually going to be popping some of this music in here. There's going to obviously be um, a lot of the Ninikuni music as well. But there's shared DNA there. And 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 in fact, what I, I don't know if you guys have this, but for me, I consider like, as I mentioned with Shape of Water on Death of Death Stranding podcast, like I have a place in my heart for things that really resonate with me. Um, and uh, like I, I like Final Fantasy Nine is right there, absolutely right next to like Shape of Water. And like it was there for like at least a decade there. And when I say it's the same thing as like when you meet a friend and you can easily talk about your kind of deepest sort of things of just like childhood or whatever it's like you're gathering them like imagine me outstretching my hand that's just like come on in like i i'm talking about you in the same terms as this as this place in that i've had in me for years and years and i i this was the same with breath of the wild like breath of the wild like like completely just barreled straight into my heart and it just sat itself right next to uh you know ocarina of time and and i always i, I don't know if this is something either of you have thought but when a movie or a game or a TV series or whatever, well, you know, games here predominantly for me, that's my most resonant medium. When they, um, when they hit me that hard and like they, 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 they impact me and they like, like, yeah, as I said, embed themselves into me. I, I sort of, I have this moment of, of just being, first of all, super grateful, but then I think about, holy crap, like I want you in my childhood retroactively. Like I want to, like I have this thing of just like you were there. It's it's weird when I when you meet a kindred spirit, like you feel as though you've met for a long time in another life. Like that's how that's tied into nostalgia for me because then I think about well, it's weird. Like I'm experiencing my childhood again through this because you're making me go to a same the same place emotionally, which puts you on that parity of 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 being as as connected to me as those older titles which is again as we grow older we get so so much so much more jaded right with 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 our relationship with media and entertainment and stuff and something that is able to lift you out of that effortlessly and just like bring you out out into a different space and and, and again into that kind of core sort of heart place it's just yeah it's it's huge for me uh really really important you know and it, it resonates with what art's about because art's about taking you to places where it shakes your worldviews but it's also about um you know, resonating with with what it means to be human and like with the core of who you are. So like, um, so Nino Takuni does all these things for me, and and I'm sure look, a lot of people maybe tune, tune into this with like, well, I'm a I'm a Nino Kuni cosplayer. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing them talk about speculations on the story. We haven't really talked much about story speculations because we're <laughs> we're not all. I don't think either any of us really are like deep into um the like knowing the specifics well, of like. Oh, but yeah, go ahead. No, just a thought. You know, uh, the first game uh, started with a premise, a very clear premise, and it, in the last few, like in the last ten hours of the games, uh, without spoiling anyone to anything to anyone, um, 
you had this series of plot twists that completely made you reevaluate what you experienced. So, yeah, I mean, we we could make um, some assumption uh, that the story will be like that, but I think being the same director and the same writers, um, I think there's going to be a lot of surprising things in the story. Mm, definitely. Wow, that's crazy, man. Um, you know, we've actually coming up, because we, we sort of segmented our podcast like when we sort of started recording we're actually i know it's coming up on the recording one and nine but we've actually almost been riffing for about two hours so um i'm i'm yeah i'm, I'm, gla- I'm glad I'm, I'm happy to sort of start uh you know gently sort of tying this off so um if that's okay sure. with you guys yeah 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 i have to go to <laughs> yeah yeah oh it's perfect the timing is perfect okay fantastic well um absolutely so and this is kind of suits because we just recorded our four-hour podcast for, for God of War, so it's good that we can balance that out with a little bit of a short. Balances one. things. Yeah, and by the way, listeners, we're probably going to, yeah, we'll revisit it on later episodes of Interactive Artistry in our sort of pre-show, whatever that specific show is for. We always discuss the news, you know, uh, on one of them. Uh, yeah, on the Red Dead one, for example, Steve went into talking about, um, like, Warframe, so if Nuno Kuni's news comes up there when we hear more reveals, we'll do that. So, um, so technically, I just want to let you listeners know, apart from... Um, we uh, actually have had two brand new patrons uh, uh, who, who join. You know, I need to give them a shout out because that's why I, I, I just immediately just like, yeah. As I as I put it in the letter, it's it's good that I have letters for these sort of things because it's very hard for me to articulate just how grateful and that maybe that makes people roll their eyes or get sappy or like whatever but it's really great so we have two we have um and it's it turns out it's the same person but he's contributing to two patrons how cool is that so he's contributing wow. to, to god of war podcast at a one dollar level and then he's jumped onto the uh interactive artistry um uh patreon for three dollars right and now our mission is not to disappoint him <laughs> exactly exactly and oh. i um and so we have um and this <laughs> and and yeah so when i was like putting the letters together for example you know, I, I was like, okay, so I'm just gonna, like putting this because I, I write a I write a letter for each for each patron, right? And um mm-hmm. uh, and and yeah, so and and so I'm writing this, and then I'm going to the different sites, and then I'm like, oh, holy, because uh, one of them like his uh, the name by the way is Insanity Bro Twenty One, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I was like, okay, well, I don't have your real name, so I I put in the letter, you know, dear uh, like Insanity Bro Twenty One, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and I both know there's no arrangement of words that could ever adequately convey my gratitude to you for supporting us. I and all the co-hosts of Interactive Artistry would like to take this opportunity to recognize you who have given us the privilege of your time and money to help us do what we do. People like you are what we do this for in the first place, you know, and continues. Uh, and then I I get it, yeah, I see the next one. I was like, okay, who's this other person? And then I just see their email is like Insanity Bro at Gmail. I was like, oh, same person. So Yusha, okay, so they're Yusha, Y-O-U-S-H-A, uh, and Insanity Bro 21. They're one and the same. And I sent him a letter saying, support from two fronts, the legend of Yusha, right? Because he's supporting wow. us. He's got our six and our 12. Well, I don't know what the military terminology is, but he's, he's got our back. And I wanted to, again, just address you personally on the show, Yusha slash Insanity Bro 21. You're a kindred spirit to us. You resonate and, and, and are invested in this medium, and we are channeling that straight into it. And again, your recognition of that as being something you devote your attention and investment in is it, it connects us on that level of of being literally this kindred spirits and you're you're in the fold with interactive artistry you're one of us and we really sincerely appreciate it did you guys quickly before we round things off have anything to say to our new um patron yeah thank you very much legend really because we we put a, mo- a lot of effort in finding the right time to record these episodes and uh seeing that people appreciate that so much 
that they give money yeah. <laughs> for uh, helping support us. It's crazy. It's flattering. Yeah. Really beautiful. Yeah. And you, Steve? Yeah, man. It's awesome to know that you uh, like to hear us talk about <laughs> video games. <laughs> I love you, Steve. So, uh, Can you, I... so yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much, Yusha. Uh, thank you so much. And Steve, we're gonna take. I'm gonna take lessons with Steve in how to just be. Yeah, Steve Suave, as I as I mentioned, and uh, yeah, Steve Suave lessons from Steve uh, from Steve, and then uh, Daniela Daniela Italian Suave lessons from Daniela. I'll, I'll have to. We'll do another Skype session for that. But like for the rest, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I, I really appreciate it. I uh, appreciate like taking the time that you guys, you know, you two have done. Um, to close out the show, we at Interactive Artistry are always looking to improve and streamline the show and Interactive Artistry as a whole so we can make it the very best be-all, end-all destination for showcasing the most worthwhile games and creators that are contributing to the overall growth of the medium. Um, with that in mind, if you have suggestions for us, please email interactiveartistry at gmail.com or contact us via twitter.com forward slash interactartist. We'd be glad to incorporate your constructive feedback. If you'd like to make sure the show continues and help us grow and enter cool giveaways like you did um, uh, earlier, as we mentioned, and props to you, Yusha, and Insanity Road 21. Uh, you know, please do head to uh, patreon.com forward slash interactive artistry. For the rest, have a lovely remainder of the week. Till next time. The idea of Kratos being able to change because of his child, that idea of how much of our selves, our real selves, we show our children. And how much of what we do changes when we know we have a mirror reflecting our flaws back at us. But I think for people to really see truly that we were trying to do something different, we just had to zig when they expected us to zag. Teaching is kind of an important aspect of the game, passing on of knowledge from father to son. It's interesting because this character that we've been so familiar with, seeing him kind of start to make different decisions, seeing him struggle. He has this God side and this human side, two things that were never meant to coexist together. The son is teaching him how to be human. It's, it's bringing out that sort of closeted humanity that he stamped down. When we set out to build this game, we wanted to show gamers what the next generation of gaming was going to be like. It meant that we needed to build a new experience. The camera lenses we use are similar to the lens that we use if you were shooting a movie. Lens curvature on the screen because of the camera lens. There's chromatic aberration because there's separation of color that happens naturally through a lens. It's those imperfections that make you feel like something is alive. One thing that was extremely unique experience for me as someone who's done this with films, television, and books mostly, in fact, for some reason, the storyline as well as the philosophical underpinnings, when you're playing the game and controlling the character, or you know that the person next to you is controlling it, it sticks in your mind even deeper than a great work of literature or a cinematic a masterpiece. Well, that's the benefit of making this game, is that we knew we could leverage interactivity. We knew we could leverage mechanics, something completely unique to video games. No other kind of form medium can get you to feel that kind of connection to another character. We wanted to create some very, very beautifully rendered, very engaging emotionally, choice-based game to have the tonality and the uh, emotionality of the films. At every stage in the design process, hone in on the core value, the core thing, the one piece of, of meaning that we really need to communicate through this work of art. Video games have the capacity to connect people and help them share their feelings, their thoughts, 
that shows their true creative spirit. I think everything has is an art. Anything human does has a potential to express, and they are all art. We have um, a design process that does actually start with an emotion. And then we try and take all of the elements, a story, but also the visual language of the game and the audio and the interaction itself to feed that emotional journey. You know, like, <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, laugh away, I don't mind. I, I accept it all, definitely. It's, it's... I'm a no, it's all right. I mean, yeah. I'm an I'm an almost thirty year old man, but it's just like, you no, know, it's all right. I mean, uh, I, I just thought uh, you said uh, I gotta take a moment, sit down, and then maybe change my pants. But... Yeah, I just, <laughs> change my pants. Yeah, well, po po possibly. Yeah, like make sure I have my little uh, box of tissues nearby. Fantastic. And here we go again. Yeah. So let's do this. All right, time for a bit of fancy footwork. <laughs> Could we potentially have a Logan Ryan on the line? Yeah, this is me. Logan. Did you, are you trying to? <laughs> I just, I'm, I dial the group every time to see whoever can join. But Logan, we'll, we're going to be talking yeah. about um, Nino Cooney today, if you wanted to join. No, no, I'm kind of. I only just woke up recently, so I'm, and it might be a busy day today. So <laughs> that's too easy. But I want to introduce you just while you're here, very briefly. Look, uh, Daniela okay. and uh, uh, Steve. Um, this is uh, Logan. He's yet. Yeah, he's Uman uh, uh, on uh, uh, Reddit.com forward slash r forward slash um, yeah Team Ico. He's very graciously uh, yeah. going to be my co-host for Fumito Ueda podcast. Man, we're gonna we're gonna embark our, on our own kind of. Pretty uh, wistful, uh, timeless storytelling, tastic, uh, light dappled everything and <laughs> kind of odyssey of our own, isn't it? It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, hey everybody. Hey, I don't know this year. I don't know how many people. But... <laughs> hey, great to meet you. I dig it. Yeah. So Stephen Danielle, if you want to head to um, the lands of light and dark .com, that's uh, what Uman runs. It's beautiful. Yeah. And so, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, nice. wonderfully curated, man. And uh, you capture Ueda's kind of uh, like that sense of like again, mist and shrouded melancholy mixed with timeless adventure. All these <laughs> things. So um, yes, Actually, for sure. So I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm. We're, we're gonna um, record. I believe on Sunday. Uh, okay cool yes Sunday yeah yeah that, that was that was what it was going to be again we can push it okay. back a day whatever whatever suits you man because all right wanna... yeah so so what yeah no I'm okay with that but what time are you planning because I know I don't you don't live in the US do you so we need to I, I, I need don't. to figure out um, yeah yeah but I'm also you know, a, a, a kind of a, a um, sleeping pattern freak of nature I'm, I'm good to accommodate whatever you need man so um I, this is it's right now 3 41 a.m I usually wake up at around 2 a.m so literally anytime you nominate that's just the most comfortable for you again the priority is your like as the ease of access and that's what I say to kind of all the co-hosts here it's just that's kind of the endeavor for me I get kind of an empathetic kind of like pat on my heart when I know that I've like the other person is in in, in <laughs> complete relaxation mode so um just nominate yeah nominate a time for you on the Sunday or the Monday, whatever you like, and we'll we'll make that happen, buddy. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let you. Awesome. No, and and as for you know what any other podcasts, um, I'll also let you know if I want to be involved in those right now. You know, perfect. Uh, not not quite yet. Okay. So, so you guys go off and do those, and, and I dig that. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll listen to some. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, God of War. But yeah, right now I'll, I'll be doing that one. Doing of course. Day. Yeah. That, and that's why, and I specifically, that's why I wanted to, from the community itself, you know, and we're all kind of part of different kinds of communities, I'm sure, obviously, but with, uh, you know, and myself with Team Ico, and it, it really is like that embodiment. And as I mentioned, like in that post that I kind of uh, gave you that, that those props and, and, and discussed it with you, um, or, or rather just outlined what, what the show's kind of schedule is, is, is where I mentioned that mm -hmm. it was very important for me that, you know, um, this is why like these folks here, you know, we started with Death Stranding Podcast. That's where Steve and Daniela are from. So it adds that authenticity and that fact that like there's immersive, like we're all immersed into different things um, deeply very much because uh, we're not just mm. Death Stranding people, but it felt really right to, to, to find uh, and connect with someone like yourself uh, from that community itself. So it just, right. yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, I'll let you go. Um, have a r awesome rest of the day and I'll catch up with you in a few days. Yeah, you too. Have fun uh, recording. <laughs> Great to meet you, buddy. Always <laughs> <What was> have. <laughs> Take it easy, Logan. Yeah, you too. See ya. Bye, man. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Coolies. Awesome, guys. Fantastic. So. That's kind of cool, you know? Um, uh, making that happen as well. So I, that's it. I've got a pretty much a, a, a nice, complete sort of schedule with the four podcasts a week. I'm, I'm really stoked about that. Good, good, man. Pretty good. I just. How are you? I need to. I'm good. I need to absorb some of some of Dean's like life suave. Like he has hella not life suave. <laughs> He's just always so measured and just like, yeah, I'm fine. What? 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 I'm fine. What? You know, I just constantly <laughs> mellow as fuck. I just dig it. You know, <laughs> and yeah, not dude. I really dig that. And yeah, Daniela. I mean, I just need more of that Italian charm. Is what I need. It's what I need. <laughs> I just right. I mean, I'm here with my. You call it charm, with, um, <laughs> something else. <laughs> Ineptitude. <laughs> no. Yeah. Daniele, Daniele is the perfect balance between charm and ineptitude. There you go. There's, there's my thesis statement on, <laughs> on Daniele as a person. Now, anyway, look. Um, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Daniele. That's all right. No, you're. No, right. it's all right. It's all right. It's fine. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so um, I want to check with each of you. I might do this at the start of every IA or whatever show. Um, how much can uh, so yeah, like because I would I don't want to infringe on you guys' time because you have like lives to live and stuff. So Steve, how how much would you say you'd be able to be on, to jump on this one? Are you good to just go all the way through to the episode? Uh, I would say like about two hours. <laughs> okay, I dig that. Tops. Yeah. That that that. Well, man, that that's we're actually aiming for that with. Aiming for that perfectly, so I'm just writing down yep. my show notes. Fantastic. And okay, Revenant King, Revenant King, yeah, baby, rocking <laughs> out tonight. Cool. All right, fantastic. Well, I'll do a three, two, one. And we'll get into it. Okie dokie. Fantastic. And three. And two. And one. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Interactive Artistry. Whoa, I hear a rustle. I'm not good with the rustles. I don't dig the... Uh, yeah, I just heard a rustle. Sorry. <laughs> it's all come down to the, the audio quality. All right, I'll start again. <clears throat> three. And two. And one. And remember, the game has already begun. I oh, know that's the other one. <laughs> Can uh, 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 you know what you should do, Steve? I, we've got, how many words are in that sentence? We could get as as many people. Re you say remember, Steve says the game, and then I say has already, and then Eduardo says bigger, <laughs> just like a bunch of idiots. <laughs>
<laughs> and just feel like Teletubbies, just creepy cool. as fuck. Legendary. Uh, guys, thank you so much for, for, for joining me on this. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure, man. Thank you for having us. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And um, yeah, we'll catch up soon on uh, other shows and uh, take it easy and, and have a great rest of the day. Yeah, you too. Have a good one, Peace out, guys. Bye. 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 Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Nice. Yeah, you're coming through much clearer now. Okay. Very nice. Much clearer. And we're just waiting on the Steve Steve to arrive and then we'll crack on. Okay, we got a Steve. A wild Steve has appeared. Fantastic. Fantastic. Once we get the merch happening for Interactive Artistry, I want a t-shirt that says uh, a wild Steve has appeared. <laughs> that's that's what I want. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, <gasps> I, I, I actually realized that it might be my fault um, because, and you're going to hate me, but uh, God of War podcast episode two, which by the way, here in Australia, because it's a four hour show that we recorded, um, it's taken about six hours to upload and there are still 24 minutes remaining. Right. So, um, so oh. yeah, that's why it's, it's, it's chugging away. So, okay. Just going to explore this again. I'm, I'm really like, we have been going super long with all of our episodes lately. That's totally fine. Do you guys want me to just like, guys go have a walk around the block, grab a coffee or whatever. Um, and I'll, I'll dial you guys in like 25 minutes when this thing is uploaded. So it's just super clear. It's 23 minutes actually now. Um, yeah, as you want. Is that cool? Sure. I mean, yep. I figured that's, yeah, the, that's the best thing so that it's not just like cyber voices. Cause we were talking about cyber, fun, cyber, cyber funk, cyber, cyberpunk 2077. And I was just like, whenever Steve, <laughs> whenever you or Steve talk, it's like, thank you. You know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, it's the future. It's the future. <laughs> the future is cac- cacophonic as they say. Um, okay. Future so, is bright. Future is brilliant. Buongiorno. Hey there! <laughs> Come Sorry, I didn't have my. Mi spiace, non avevo attaccato le cuffie. Adesso le attaccate. Non sentivo la chiamata in arrivo. Le avevo già messe perché così ero pronto. Non ti preoccupare. Lascia perdere. Lascia perdere. Ma che scherzi? How do you say don't stress? How do you say don't stress? Non preoccuparti. Non preoccuparti. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I've. Sto cercando di parlare più italiano, quindi uh, ho mandato un messaggio a un'amica, un'amica mia di 20 anni quasi, io e lei ci siamo conosciuti uh, many many years ago, e lei e il suo fratello eravamo noi tre, noi quattro, anzi io e la mia sorella, quando siamo, uh, abbiamo vissuti, is that how you say, when we lived in Montefiore? Abbiamo vissuto. Quando abbiamo vissuto a Montefiore, 1998. Uh, era... oh, lots, yeah. I thought your story was established. That was the only, the only Metal Gear game which was dubbed in Italian. Quale? The first one, Metal Gear Solid. Oh shit, what made you think of Metal Gear that I was talking about? Uh, you said 1998. Ah yeah, right, right, right. right. Exactly, fantastic. So what did you think of Norman's quote, man? Like oh. uh, Norman Reedus, the, the one that I sent what? you. Yeah, where 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 did you where did he say that? Uh, so he said this on this po- the podcast, dude. This is a thesis statement for what Death Stranding is about. All right. Uh-huh, so was I in s- an interview or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, um, D- D- uh, Dean linked us up to the interview, but um, uh, you can jump on to the. I um, must have missed it because I went back on the internet like yesterday or two days ago, and uh, found all these messages. I didn't read them all. 
That's okay. Um, if you jump onto our episode itself of uh, Death Stranding podcast, Thalassophobia is a thing. You can go to minute. You go to hour two, two hours and four minutes, and the interview in full is there. So, what is your connection <sighs> to Nino Kuni, my friend? Um, a fiber connection. <laughs> ah, you are a fucking. <laughs> Just, I'm hanging it up. Um, um, okay. I'm, I'm, what I'm doing now, if I'm going, I'm just uh, doing multitasking. I'm just posting it right now. It's because I'm just stupidly OCD, and that's why you know, um, hand it over. You know, you're going to do the Insta with me now, Instagram. Um, I just, yeah, I really like. It's weird. Like, I just, I really care about like the the presentation of it. It's uh, and like the, and I sort of, I do drafts and stuff on um on the on the MacBook and stuff. So, but yeah, hearing you say that you'll have Photoshop, like Photoshop, I am like genetically unsuited for Photoshop. Like they tried to combine me with uh. to be able to use that, and it just the, the laboratory exploded. Like I have, I have zero capacity for it. However, I really love layout, and I love visuals, and I love like figuring. I I love everything Photoshop's about, apart from Photoshop. Uh-huh. <laughs> so sure. any anyone uh, anyone who can use Photoshop is uh, I'm I'm very interested in that. So have you have you used it? Well, I'm not while? an expert, but uh, I can do some stuff. Oh. I just I just just learned to think I wanted to do uh, like I did this stupid uh, screens of uh, games titles and uh, one word of the title I substituted it with the uh, Aetis, which is my nickname. Okay. And s- <laughs> Facebook. I'm a big game came out. I dig so it. So there was Tell of the Aetis, Aetis Fantasy 13. Um, oh, wait a second. So Aetis uh, is, is a reference to the word 80s? Is that what that is? No. Wow. No, uh, it's just a random word. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Because that just makes me think of like the, the period. Of, it's my favorite period of time. It's the 80s. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Okay, now I'll I'll borrow your explanation for my for my name because <laughs> I don't have one. That's yeah, yeah. You put now. You got to use that now. You got to use that. Um, I am struggling with this computer, man. I'm trying to fucking find. I, I MacBook is super intuitive because you can just like find shit whenever you need it. So I'm just I just I literally just worked on it. Um, do you use? Uh, so how's the new computer going, by the way? Great. It's just okay. marvelous. That's fantastic. I I tried. I tried some games. They gifted me Assassin's oh, Creed yeah. Origins with the PC. That's so awesome. I was trying it out, and I could set all the settings to ultra, uh, 1080p, full anti-aliasing things, and um, I could get 60 to 120 FPS. That's incredible. That is so cool, dude. Yeah. Damn. That's... And it's a portable. I mean, wow. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? And and so and is it an i7 or or what? Like. It's an i7, yeah, okay. and it's got a GTX 1070. Oh, damn, man, you're rolling, you're rolling with it, yeah. dude. Fuck. Okay, well, you know what? Fuck Instagram because, um, sorry, no, it's not Instagram's fault. Sorry, my bad. I apologize. I'm just like pat patting Instagram. <laughs> on the face. I didn't mean to. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do? I'm just trying. I was trying to fucking copy paste, but it's fine. I'll just type the whole thing out. So I've never seen anything like it. I just love this quote. It's just. And I think it's flying. Let me read it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I've never seen anything like it. This concept is so mind-blowing. It's not, well, kill everybody and win the game. 
And it's like a natural thing. It's the opposite. It's so ahead of its time. <laughs> this element of social media is really so much about millennial culture. He's such a fucking laid back. It's dude. being alone in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You lose physical. Yeah. You lose physical contact. What? Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, yeah. So so much about um, being a millennial culture is being alone in a room. You lose physical contact, you know, like with the world. Um, and then this is the fucking most intriguing thing. That's why I ended the quote on it. He says, "This is the reestablishing of that." So the what makes me think, like, I really fucking think Kojima is gonna go. He's gonna use geotagging shit, man. He's gonna get people using like Pokemon Go style fucking out into the oh, world. Oh my shit. god! Yeah, this actually. You're saying this This actually sent shivers down my spine. Bro, bro, <laughs> bro, it's it's happening. Fuck. Yeah, wow. Reestablishing I mean, physical contact. It's been a while since we've seen a game really redefining things, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and and, 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 and I, I hadn't actually thought of, you know, you know, up until just like riffing with you here, that's what's really good about just like expressing and just vibing and 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 riffing as we've been doing and uh, discussing uh, is is like yeah, I just thought of um you know the the Pokemon Go, but also like for example, Portkey Games that was just established to uh, create um titles based on Harry Potter, they're gonna go fully on fully on board with geotagging kind of stuff too to get people kids out of their houses so that they can like you know look for beasts and stuff and it's like find like finding fantastical beasts around the world you know um and uh you know this whole like yeah and that's just great like again leveraging technology to connect people so i think you know this is what is it we're in january 2018 what'll be cool is maybe on release night you and me listening back to this is like holy fuck like little did we know that this one, yeah. he said it, he, he underlined it, like in his voice, you can hear the interview, definitely listen to it later. He's like, it's a connecting thing. And he just says that, he sees <laughs> that's why I highlighted it, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know? So it's uh, not kill everybody and win the game. This is the, the fault of my computer. I'm just, I'm just wondering the, the guys who um, were interviewed by Kojima when he started the new Kojima Productions, and uh, they were expecting just to join a company and do a game like they did a yeah. number of times before <laughs> they didn't know what they were and then he explains them and then he explains them the gameplay and the story the mechanics and they're like what the fuck is this i know i know <laughs> it's so good it's so good <laughs> and then probably they want to talk about it to everyone but they can't that's right that's right oh man exactly yeah they can't see fuck all um they can't um did you see my uh, countdown of uh, to september like 100 episodes that would be september 2019 yeah, yeah, I saw that. So cool, you know? Um, how realistic, I mean, you were saying about moving to Australia, how realistic would it actually be if we get to a certain point, like when it's actually maybe starting to, you know, really generate something that we can tap into? Like, would you even, like, actually, dude? Like, I'm I'm, I'm serious, for real. Like, I know you've probably got, like, shit set up there, but, like, it, what would it take for you, reckon? And just be super objective. You don't, you don't have to be, like, we can be jokey as if you want, but what would it take for you mm-hmm. to be like okay actually no i can legitimately do this and 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 move what and just be serious like literally tell me your criteria would it be us making a certain amount or per, 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 per week or or what, what what would it take for you to be like i'm moving to australia or whatever the um, how the immigration laws are over there but i i think they're quite uh malleable oh yeah okay that's cool 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I I would do obviously everything I could definitely to make that happen. It's much uh, so it would be it would not be a problem really. Um, I mean, I have a I have a job right now. Yeah. Now. That's right. Yeah, dude. No, absolutely. I mean, you're cutting out a little bit. It's um, far more interesting than the one. I figured I'd let you know because yeah, maybe if you just move move around the room a bit, just so that. I don't know, it can connect a bit better to your computer. I don't know. Uh, or should I just call you again? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, is it me? Okay, now it's getting, now it's sounding fine. Okay. Okay, is it is it me? Probably, is it me that's uh, stuttering? Uh, no, no. Because no, no. I, heard, yeah. I stopped hearing you at a certain point. You, you did as well? Oh, okay, okay, cool. I mean, it's going well now, so we'll get started in the next two minutes. So. Okay. I'm such a slow time. In case I... I was going to restart my computer if needed. That's cool. No, that's fine, dude. It's all good. Um, I'm. I say I'm good at multitasking, and I'm just. You know, I'm up to in typing out the quote. And so much about millennial culture is being alone in a room. <laughs> I'm just taking so long. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, oh, I, actually, I have. I already have your first assignment for. Uh, you know, this is a codec conversation. Sneak. Your first assignment is to make a post about Nino Cooney. Later, when we start recording, <laughs> Shadow Moses. <laughs> uh, yeah, damn. Here he goes again. I think we're stuttering again. Okay, how about I, I'll, uh, you hang up and I'll call. I'll call you. Okay. Okay, okay. till soon, man. Thank you.